when I first started, I didn't really know what it was like. Can you confirm for me what the difference is? I feel like a lot of people aren't super clear on what it is as well. It's not just class, you know, it's not someone's there like to help you, like you're driving everything. Trump's gonna find my paper and use it as like a, climate change doesn't exist. <laughs> Painful yet enjoyable and life-changing. There you go. That's my five <laughs> words. Wowzers, jinkies, fill out your risk assessments and unlock the chemical cabinet because we're into our third episode of HDR. What? We've talked about research volunteering, research internships, and now we're going to be talking to my good friend Pip, who's going to give us some tips, some Pip tips on her master's research. And it goes without saying, if you have any questions on the research that's discussed or any questions about being an HDR, that's what we're here for. Okay, here we go. So welcome to the show, Philippa Alvarez. Oh God, using my full name and everything. Okay. What are five words that would sum up your research? Climate change affects seed germination. Excellent. I like that. I like that. If we were to elaborate on that, what was the effect of climate change? What I found was that there was an effect, but there was no pattern that was discernible from what I found. Basically, the the seeds were responding to temperature, but each species responded in a different way. And it depended on what the temperature was and what the species was. And that was really complicated. And and I tried to relate back uh, what I found with the temperatures to what the traits of the seeds were. And basically I found that some of these traits were actually affecting the germination and how they responded to climate change. So there was an effect, it just wasn't as clear cut. You go into it and you hope, you hope to God that it's going to be simple, <laughs> but it never is, never is. Like with your research, you're finding that too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of cool that, you know, on the surface, there was nothing there. But when you looked deeper, you did find something like with the traits. Yeah. If you're doing this kind of research, any kind of research where you think there's going to be a pattern and then there isn't, that you don't just give up on it. Because I know initially I found nothing had happened and I, I freaked out. I was like, oh, that's it. Research gone. Like, what's the point? Why am I doing this anymore? The seeds are fine. Trump's going to find my paper and use it as like a... Climate change doesn't exist. <laughs> but, but yeah, you just have to like, okay, calm down, think about it. And then like, you know, try and dig deeper. Try not to give up on that superficial, there is no easy answer. So you need to actually think about it. <laughs> you mean I have to use my brain? So you do sort of part and part. So you're half at the gardens in Mount Annan yeah. Um, yeah. and you're part at UTS. Uh, how did you sort of align that? Because that's a very different way of doing research. Yeah, I was there volunteering and I um, really enjoyed the kind of work I was doing and watching what all the other scientists were doing. So I just thought, well, this is this is the job that I want. I didn't know I needed that job in the first place, but it's what I wanted to do in the end. So It sort of clicked once you were there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exposing um, yourself to that kind of situation is what you need to do. That way you know yeah. if you do or don't like it. The way I organized it was because of that connection I made. I, I spoke to my supervisor at the uni. He I volunteered with him before I did any kind of um, 
internship. I did an internship with him in the last year. And then that's how we built into doing my master's. How did you go about finding your supervisor? Like, how would someone go about forming a relationship with one? At the end of one of our lectures, I went up to him and I said, that was really interesting. I want to do that. And he was like, okay, she seems keen. And I was like, yep, I want to do this. And he was like, all right. So he gave me some work to do, which I did. I did some work for him. Um, And he was like, okay, so she's actually following up on the interest, that's a really important thing. It's one thing to be like, hey, lecturer, I'm really interested in doing this thing with you, and then you never contact them again. Don't do that. Yeah, because lecturers are busy people. You need to sort of, like, and not be offended if they don't get back to you. You need to kind of be a little bit more proactive. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I did that kind of basic volunteering with him, and then the conversation turned to, okay, you're in third year now. There's a subject called a science internship. Do you want to do something like that with me? And it's basically for six months, I work on a small project. It's a small research project. Mine was in burning leaves of Potosporum undulatum. It was fun. It was interesting. And it was an insight into what research was like and having to write something up. But the main thing was that I proved to him, my supervisor, that I was dedicated enough and that I was willing to learn. Mm Mm-hmm. If you're passionate in something, then you have to actually do a thing for it. You can't just say, oh, I'm really passionate about plants and then just stare at them longingly out the window. (laughs) You actually have to go out and do things towards it. Definitely. That is actually something I really admire about you, even through undergrad, because we went through undergrad together. Yeah. You know, you were just one of those people who are like, she just seems to know what she's doing. Thank you. It's, it's. Yeah, you need to find a thing that you're interested in. It helps if you're good at it, but don't don't expect that you have to be an expert at it to do something in it. I think it'd probably get boring if you were if you, if there was no room to grow. Oh yeah. Just to make Pip's point here super meta, I'd actually love it if you guys gave me some feedback on this podcast. It's the first one I've ever done, and I'm not going to get better without your comments and reviews. Let me know what you thought, if you have any suggestions, um, and what you liked. Well, speaking of connections, uh, I want to talk about how we went to the ESA conference last year in November, and particularly for you, because you had been the year before all by yourself. You travelled up to Brisbane and had gone alone, and you didn't know anyone. Is that right? Before we go on, I should probably elaborate on what a conference actually is. It's basically a meeting of the minds where researchers from all over come together to chat about their latest findings in their field. And it's a great way to network, it's a great way to present your research, uh, and it's a really great excuse to be out of the lab. I knew people superficially. (laughs) It was really terrifying going there on my own because I was like, you know, there's a thousand people here. So I kind of just was like, oh, hi, like haven't seen you in a while. Ah, yes, they're the professors over there that have been going to these things for 40 odd years and have thousands of papers. And Yeah, you just saunder on up like, hey, I'm new. (laughs) You just got to suck it up and do it because otherwise you're never going to be known. Yeah. And then when we went last year, it was um, 
it, I think it was great for you guys because I was just walking around like at that the mixer that we went to at the beginning. You knew everyone. You were like, hey. And you're like, oh, hey, I remember yeah. you. How are you doing? I heard about your research. The good paper you published. Yeah. And it just makes you guys more comfortable because then you're like, oh, it's all right. You know, they're just people. <laughs> and at conferences, they often give out prizes for good presentations. And you can do a poster presentation, which is what we all did. You did one, PFI did one, and Kira did one. Yours is particularly good. And I was trying to get this hashtag off the ground all week. Hashtag PIP for poster award. And it came to Friday and you actually won. <laughs> I think that was the highlight for me. <laughs> Yeah, it was... I did put a lot of effort into that poster to look good. Um, it was a great poster. Yeah, it was quite an achievement. A little uh, feather in my cap, but the more important thing is going up and actually talking to them about their research. <laughs> yeah, I really think that sometimes we put too much weight on, like, marks, on awards and stuff, and that stuff is good for applying to things where you use your resume. Yeah. But actually having interactions with people is probably more important. Definitely. It's kind of like, it's hard for introverts like me. It's like, oh, you know, have to really go out of your comfort zone to put yourself out there. Yeah, I can see that. I know that after each night at ESA, I would just go into bed and collapse. But even if you can talk to one other person that's not within your circles at uni, just go and say hi. That's all you have to do. I love yeah. this question. So we've all got whoopsie moments in research. I was research. For this. Yep. What is your biggest whoopsie moment and how did you bounce back from it? Not associated with my masters that I've made mistakes and almost electrocuted myself. Uh, <laughs> that was... <laughs> We were working on a metal bench. I put a hot plate on it and walked away. The hot plate was melting through the cable protection. Cable was touching the table and my supervisor at the time was like, um, this is a problem. And Uh-oh. that was that was definitely tears as well because she got really mad because, you know, you could have electrocuted yourself. <laughs> Has there been a research highlight? There was. Oh, I actually had a eureka moment at one point in my research, I was staring at my graphs and I'm like, I know they're telling me something. And it was the fact that I actually didn't have graphs for some things that was the interesting thing. Like all my graphs were the ones that were significant and had done something, but it was the fact that there were some that hadn't come up as significant. And I worked out the correlation and I was literally sitting at my desk and I was like, I'm actually having a eureka moment. This is my eureka moment in my research. It was amazing. It was the best feeling in the world. I'm like, I thought these were a myth. Oh God, And I was so excited. I was shaking. I emailed my supervisor. I tried calling him and I'm like, I found the thing. Like it's here. Look, it's right in the, yeah. I bet that was the point where I realized that it was okay that my seeds didn't respond how I thought they would have because I found this other thing. Yeah, Yeah, that's, that's a really good one. Oh, it was so good. It was such a good day. Oh. If, you, if you could go back to second or third year uni, what advice would you give yourself? Be flexible to change. That would be what I would tell myself. The beginning of my master's, the, the original concept was solidified in my mind, but that didn't end up happening at all. Yeah, you've got to be really good at dealing with change. And you do learn how to deal with change after a while because... 
you have to bounce back up when something happens or otherwise you're just gonna stay in your bedroom all day and that's not a great way to live <laughs> so yeah it becomes less disheartening and more sort of a bit of a game like oh well that experiment failed you know um yeah. what else can we do that's gonna be a mistake I, I think it's kind of yeah definitely something that I'm more flexible to more resilient that's another thing that you just said is be okay with the mistakes you make <laughs> because yeah. a lot of the time the mistakes you make is how you learn all right so one final question you chose to do masters with Brad Murray um, yeah. and you have just submitted and now you are thinking about doing a PhD yeah. uh, also at the gardens with um, a co-supervisor at UTS is yeah. that right? Yeah. So, okay, I'm, I'm going to ask you why you've chosen to continue with research, particularly chosen to uh, do a PhD um, after completing your master's. Okay, uh, first of all, because I'm insane, <laughs> want to be a student at university for the rest of my life? No, the main, the main reason is that in order to be a science officer at the Botanic Gardens at CSIRO in industry, even in academia, if I wanted to get into that, basically a prerequisite is to have a doctorate. And another thing, because I don't know if anyone will be thinking this when they're listening to this, but I did a master's and not an honours. Um, a lot of people do honours and then do a PhD or like you did and do a master's and then transfer up into a PhD. Um, that was based purely on my supervisor and my preference. Uh, Honours are slowly becoming more and more redundant in our field. Um, oh, really? I actually didn't know that. But in terms of international study, every international course is four years, and that fourth year is essentially our honours year. Um, they don't see it as anything that exciting. A master's is more highly regarded internationally than an honours. I have heard that... Uh, honours is more regarded in Australia and yeah, yeah the masters is more regarded yeah. in overseas but I mean uh, yeah I'm not the I don't know that much about it. I don't want to be like that's that's it that's <laughs> what everyone thinks no, no. but basically there's um, a branch of research that I want to go into that is international and yeah I wanted to be seen as more desirable as uh, an employee than with a masters than with an honours I wanted to, like, the skills I'll be learning in my PhD will be much more transferable into other industries. So, yeah. Doesn't hurt having a PhD as well. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, being part of this. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> Alrighty, so we've learned from Pip that if you're interested in something, you gotta take baby steps towards doing the thing. Say you're interested in science communication. Why don't you make a podcast for your students? Oh, that's a great idea, Annie. Yeah, okay, cool. Make sure you follow up on any commitments you make to potential supervisors. They're looking for your dedication, not just your poster awards and grades. And when networking, you just gotta suck it up and go say hi. In the next episode, when you get good marks in a paper, 
in undergrad and you send it off to a researcher and they just tear it apart it's like oh okay then let's maybe talk to a supervisor first we'll be getting a very different perspective on the masters versus honors debate from a marine researcher who actually did one i get totes schooled on spirulina and what does splendor in the grass have to do with algae Tip pip. A pip tip. I should probably not use that.